Over here we have the man of the machine. Welcome back to Man of the Machine, the show about a book that's made up and the points don't matter. I'm Kevin. And I'm Drew Carey. I'm in credit. <laughs> yeah, Drew and Drew Carey. And today we're going to start this off with a little improv introduction to the show. Oh, uh, you know the game where I say a word, then you say a word, then I say a word, the, the two-headed uh, singer in the show. Oh, so we're supposed to do a song? We don't have to do a song. We're just going to introduce the show. Okay. All right. Welcome to Men of the Machine. Today, our friends will be listening to us talk about Watchmen. Issue number five. Called uh, Fearful Symmetry. See, that was so successful. Yeah. <laughs> it's so syllables make it so hard. Oh yeah. Ugh, that, I was actually watching a compilation, and at the very beginning, they're doing three-headed, uh, three-headed singer, and Drew Carey. What does he say? Beautiful. You know, Wayne is saying "bew," and he's going to say "beautiful," and Drew Carey jumps in with "it's uh, so funny." Yeah, I feel like I'm cheating when I say a two-syllable word. Yeah, that's when you said "machine," like you spaced it. I was like ready to sheen you. I was so I was. Oh. Sheen! And I couldn't... Oh, don't sheen me. No, I, I would never. I'm so sorry. I don't sorry. want that HIV. No, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't sheen you. Sheen you? HIV? Uh, Charlie Sheen? Oh, Jesus. So, okay, yeah. I thought you were going, like, the word something has a sheen to no, it. No, I was saying and you're going to Charlie Sheen me. My number two was uh, uh, Jimmy Neutron, his best friend, oh, yeah. Sheen. But you went Tiger Blood. Yeah. Okay. I'm up by winning. Sorry, that's what it, that's what it was. <laughs> So today, we're doing chapter five of Watchmen uh, on our first day of shutdown. So we're nice and relaxed. We're comfortable. We're feeling a vibe. We got to go to work for a week and a half or two weeks. Oh, yeah. I'm taking those first two. Like, am I going to work on a Thursday and Friday of a week? No. The only reason I'm going in is because I can get overtime. So I'm going to work two 10-hour days and maybe get Saturday offered to me. Whereas if I don't go in, no Saturday offered and no overtime. So I'm going to take it. But point remains. We're nice and calm. Christmas is coming. Here's a little gift to lead you in, because by this time Christmas will be over when you hear the next one. So here's Merry Christmas, everybody. From, Feliz Navidad. From from your friends uh, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. This is the Christmas issue of Watchmen. Takes place in October. Also, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, Happy Yule, and Happy Holidays. And if that offends you, suck my dick. Unless we're in Britain, in which case, Happy Christmas. Happy uh that sounds that's what wrong. they say it's what they say it's what they say they well, say happy they fuck up the english language so much it is their language though no see what happens is there's a lot of things where there will be a term uh-huh. in english and then americans will start using it and then the brits will just change it on a whim like aluminum precedes aluminium 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 how are the fuck they say it uh, their way uh yeah which is stupid, and then like, um, uh, ooh, soccer. They used the word soccer up until the 1970s, and then they were like, "Oh, it's football." But football is a ball that's played on your foot with a ball, as opposed to horse sports. Rugby is also a football. American football is also a football. And maths, mathematics, is a oh, yeah. singular word. So you would shorten it to a singular word you wouldn't mm. keep it with the s the s 
It's not plural. But they don't know how to speak their own language, and it infuriates me. So they say me. football like F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L, not the... Not your, football. Not football, the, the Spanish way of saying it, or actually... I mean, yes, it's Latin in origin, but pretty much everyone uses the F-U-T-B-O-L version. But yeah. no, they call it the football, like we say football, football. Yeah. They're like, oh, because you kick a ball with your foot. No, it's to differentiate but it. Also, from... you, but also, it is true, yeah. though. You it do... is true. We do it in, in our football and rugby. It's true. And our football is called football because it's a combination of it was birthed from soccer and rugby merging into one sport. And those mm. were both football sports. So we, our football, American football, is also football. It's to differentiate from horse sports, but Brits are dumb. Horse sports? Yeah, like, like uh, polo. Ah! Yeah. Or um, racing. Yeah. Or um, um, the hunt. Also, their accent was a regional accent. Our, our accent right mm-hmm. here that we're speaking with is the closest to the Imperial British accent. Which was the accent that ruled the world and did awful, awful, horrible things. But right. still, well, yeah, but what... my point is that we're better at English than they are. Wait, which which English accent, which American English accent is closest? Like, uh, like New, New England. Uh, no, no, not that. Not New England. Don't even. They weren't like, yeah, we're going to no. go pack of horses. That No, that's not. That's Boston. Boston it's is New not New England. It's New England. No. Yes, it is. I'm from New England. Nah, this is nah, a New England accent. Nah, New Boston is New England. It's like, you know how if you're like, oh, what sports team do you like? And people go, I'm from New England. I like the Boston Bruins. Or I like the Boston Celtics. Or I like the Boston Red Sox. That's that's New England. That's all. That Boston equals New England. Okay. With the rhotic R or non-rhotic. I can never tell the... We pronounce Semi-rhotic. The, we pronounce the R, thus us... We right. are closer. Bostonians, right. they... Which it is surprising mm. we have such similar accents. Because I was actually listening to an education about accents, and they were talking about how Kevin Smith was like, I don't have an accent. And he's like, well, yes, we, you do. Everyone yeah. has one. Everyone has some, an accent, yeah. But um, you can travel the world and always find people... Or travel the United States, my apologies. And always find people with our generic newscaster accent versus, you know, Alabama or Texas or... Or New England Bastoners, or Bastin. you know the people up in Wisconsin who are like oh crap oh like the Canadian type oh crap oh like, crap oh let me just sneak by here yeah there's Where all these re- or Philadelphia how they say because Philadelphians just leave letters out of their words oh I saw a good Philadelphia I saw a good one where it's like uh, this video of these Baltimore people it was like the Baltimore accent challenge where it's the sentence. Aaron earned an iron urn. Aaron earned an iron urn. And they say, earn, 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 earn. <laughs> earned, earned. <laughs> and the first, <laughs> the first guy was like, bork, bork, bork. do we really sound like that? <laughs> earn, 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 earn. Jesus. Or like, well, yeah, but so, right, so the point was that the, the most generic version of an American accent is heard all over America. And then there's all these special little things. So that one well, sounds that's because... like the one that's the most... Well, that's because the... everyone started on the East right. Coast and then moved westward. Right. So and then... there's going to be vestiges of our accent. Also, last fun fact before we get into the Christmas episode of Watchmen. Uh, Other than the Brits are stupid. Yeah, stupid Brits. Stupid uh, Brits. They uh, used to be able to... There's a big uh, controversy in... That's how they would say controversy. Mm. Uh, uh, did you big... read about that on your schedule? I did. About how like uh, television and the internet is kind of ruining cultures of the area because you used to be able to tell 
supposedly, this is all secondhand or thirdhand or fourthhand, you would be able to tell which street someone was from by the way they would speak. Like, their dialects were so specific throughout England that you could, like, pinpoint the way they said one word and you're like, oh, they're from this town or whatever. And now, everybody, just because we're always listening to each other and picking up words from each other and all that, it's kind of muddying the waters there. Uh, which also, say the thing that I need this word to clarification because I say it wrong according to the people around here. Say the word that is meaning a movie where they are telling you the history and story of something real. Like planet Earth or life. They are. Uh, documentary? Damn son of a bitch. Documentary. That's how I say it. Oh, you really enunciate the Terry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know I love me a Terry. I well, love Terry. Well, we take mentary and we just made it make it more fluid. Yeah, mentary. Yeah, documentary. Yeah, documentary. Oh, uh, yeah, like, uh, it's because... Like a documentarian is how I would say it, just throw a Y instead of... We don't really enunciate hard vowels in the middle of a s word around here. Mm -hmm. like, Philadelphia. <laughs> like, <laughs> for example, laugh. gratin. We're not saying gratin, we're saying right. gratin. Potatoes au gratin. Hmm. That hmm. one doesn't work there. Au gratin. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, there we... was a... Uh, often. I, I do say often. I say off ten. Oh, often? Yeah, and most people just say often. Or like certain. Certain. Yeah. Cert yeah, no, that one I roll I, over. I hear people say certain. I've heard it. And I'm like, no, it's certain. Certain. Are you certain it's certain? Yeah, I'm, I'm certain that earn, earn, and earn, 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 Bork, bork, bork. Bork, Okay, bork. so uh, this uh, joyous occasion. So Watchmen, chapter five, Fearful Symmetry, starts with very few words. Oh, to, yeah. To put it simply. Uh, to, to jump right on in, you see a, a gentleman who you can instantly tell who he is when you see him get to a door. Walking over uh, some puddles, it's raining out. There's a newspaper on the ground that says Russians invade Afghanistan. Afghanistan. And then we see Raw Shark. Yeah, you see him from the... I how, thought I put silent mode on. How dare you? Let's just get that over here onto the bed where it won't be heard because it's in your blanket. Blanket. Um, You, just from the back, you know, he's just... Wearing the purplish blue jeans and the trench coat and the hat. You can tell it's him the second you see it. I mean, it's... No, that, that's like a... Uh, those are pants of a striped suit. Oh, yeah. It's like a zoot suit. Yeah. He's just a fancy guy out on the town. Uh, and he's breaking into a house or, well, walking up to the door. But anyways, you see someone being like, Huh? What? Hello? Who's there? there? And it's, uh, you know, none other than Moloch. Or Why is his ears so pointy? Jacoby. Because that, that was his shtick. Remember when you saw the great Jacoby, he was a magician? Yeah. So I like to think that maybe... Is like it like the, a deformity? Either it's a deformity or he did the thing that people do with body you know, body oh, modification yeah. where yeah. he's like, oh, to help my shtick, I can start doing this ear thing. Have you seen that? People can do that in real life now. Oh, really? Yeah, they cut, they cut the cartilage and then sew it up. Oh, damn. And then their ears heal and they've got elf ears. Oh, that's... So uh... maybe he did that. I don't I mean, know. Maybe. But it also could be an abnormality. We saw in one of the earlier issues a uh, a poster of him from back when he was yeah, a magician. Yeah, when he's younger. And he does have the ears. Yep. He's like 20 or whatever. But anyways, he notices someone's breaking in, and he's all spooked out. So he reaches in, and he's like, oh, is that how you want to play it? Grabs a gun out of a drawer. He's like, you think I'm scared? Some little shaky little junkie with a switchblade? Of course, you know, there's no one there, and he's walking around. It's worth noting, I kind of want to go back. I'm not going to. He looks worse. Oh yeah, like more sickly. Like he looks almost like a like a 
friggin' ghost. Yeah, he definitely looks like he's dying. Yeah, zombie-esque. His, his eyes are sunken. His cheeks are all pronounced. Oh, he's going through some stuff. Anyways, he walks through his whole house. Like I said, about three, four pages of no words, really, besides that. And he opens his fridge, and you see a jacket and a note that says, Behind you. You can tell that Rorschach is a sociopath by his capitalization. Of like, the H. Yeah, B, H, and D and behind are all capitalized, but E, I, and N are all lowercase. And like, U is all lowercase. Yeah. Uh, worth, this is what I wanted to tell you. That that right there was the Rorschach tattoo, like the popular, because that's like his symbol. He signs his, his journal with oh, it. Yeah. He signs his notes with it. That's his thing. Um, and actually, that top panel, I want to make like my Facebook wallpaper. Oh, that would be a good one. It's freaking Moloch with his light, his face like lightened by the uh, the refrigerator, and then the most stoic Rorschach you'll ever freaking see. Oh, he looks awesome. I really like that one. Anyways, Moloch realizes what the heck he's getting himself into. A few panels of him holding a gun, then he's just like, "Oh, I I wasn't go- I wasn't gonna point it at you." And he freaking. Rorschach grabs him, slams him against the wall because he doesn't know how to do anything cool. Uh, and basically, immediately is like, hey, no license on the gun. I checked. Very bad. I I love that. Like, <laughs> he is by all intents and purposes. Intensive a, purposes. Intensive purposes. There you go, thank you. A criminal, and he's worried about another person not having Even the most, license. like, he's in there for one thing, but he has to let you know, like, I realized you broke the law here. Yeah. Disregard, we're having a conversation. Disregard, I broke into your house, all that. Hey, get a license for your gun, punk. <laughs> Which, hey, I mean, that's definitely what he would do. And he's also really disgusting. So he's harassing him. He, he's telling him um, that the uh, they discussed the comedian being there. The comedian was crying, talked about a, a list with all the names on it. Uh, he said, your name was on the list. You've got cancer. They've got cancer. Tell me something. And he just freaking cracks an egg on a countertop and just drinks the yolk. I, to Rorschach seems to me as a guy who food is uh, food, food is fuel, my dad always used to say to me, because we would be like out doing hay or something, I'd be like, Dad, I'm hungry. And we used to literally eat dog biscuits on the tractor. Like, you know, just the big jugs of just dog biscuits or the boxes of milk bones. And we would just eat those. And my dad would always use that phrase, food is fuel. And we would eat them and go back to working. And it's just, that's, Rorschach strikes me as you that can't guy. can't provide you crackers or something? That, th- these never go bad. We kept them on the tractor. They stayed on the tractor. Like, I know it's dog just... food is made so it can be eaten by humans. Right. It, FDA approved. But it's got to taste like shit. It's, I mean, I like them now. Like, I'll eat a dog bone whenever. I don't care. Milk bones are great. But at the time, I was like... <laughs> and I would just eat them. And my, grandpa, my grandfather had them in his truck at all times and stuff. Like, those were like the snack because they they don't go bad they can handle hot or cold they don't get all gross and steamy whatever they're not food so you can just eat them and we kept them on the tractor we ate them when we were doing work i don't know you new yorkers but that's what that makes me think of is is rorschach's drinking an egg so he's just like i could totally picture my my dad or my grandpa being out like working like go to the chicken coop yeah and just eat a friggin egg also i'm Realizing, I'm not sure if this is purposeful, but... Uh, it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, just the show. Like, the more I reread this and see the small details, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. That showrunner really liked Watchmen. We're gonna... Well, so he wrote a whole... I told you about that. Actually, the very first episode, we talked about Dave, Damon Lindelof, the second best Damon of all time. Matt Damon being number mm. one. Matt uh, Damon. Matt Damon. He, uh, he, he ranted about, because people were like, you can't make a show, you can't make a show, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, it's not going to be in The Watchmen. 
a timeline. They're like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's going to be in the future. And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's not going to be using a lot of the characters. And they're like, what do you mean? So he did this big thing where he wrote out, like, listen, I know the story. I've read the story since I was 12. Like, this is my book as well. Just the way you feel about it, the way I feel about it. And the way people talk about the show, I believe that. Oh, yeah. I believe that full-heartedly. And I'm not going to make it past shutdown without at least watching one episode. So oh, yeah. We're going to we'll, have to do that. Yeah, we will. Um, anyways, uh, we can, oh, we can do, you know, it'd be a crazy episode to do sometime Whoa. where we watch the show and read an issue, like the 12th issue of this when we're on the final one Ooh. and read like a before Watchmen and read Doomsday Clock and talk our way like Dr. Manhattan, like edit it through. We're like, yeah, we'll put in a little sound bite. It's, uh, you know, December 40, December 40, what am I doing? It's December 29th. <laughs> I don't know why I went to 40. It's December 29th. It's 12 o'clock. We're reading, watching. And then we have like a little five minute clip talking about the last issue. And then we're, uh, it's January 31st. We're watching, watching. That would be crazy. I'm oh, not yeah. creative enough to do it. Oh yeah. That'd be difficult. But we could, we could figure it out. All right. Anyways. Um, figure it out. So he's harassing the hell out of Moloch. 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 He's harassing the hell out of him about this, and Moloch's trying to tell him, I don't know, and he's like, huh, not very convincing. And he's closing him in the refrigerator, just because I guess that's a cool torture tactic, I guess, shoving someone in a fridge. Also, you gotta, he must have nothing in his fridge for Rorschach (laughs) to be able to do that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, because you see, like, the egg carton up on the, next page, the last page next page last page this page you see like the egg carton up on the thing and whatnot up on the counter and there's w- a canteen yeah. in one of the i wouldn't be surprised if maybe rorschach emptied it a little bit in anticipation of this kind of like how he had the note in there like he knew he was gonna do this this was his plan oh to do. okay can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs okay yeah, yeah the show knows exactly what it's yeah. doing so he basically is gonna shut him in and then moloch screams out you know i don't know anything he's like huh better opens it up and lets him out and then he decides he's going to go on a journey, talking to himself, writing in his journal, and he's like, get a license for the gun soon. <laughs> Sorry about the mess. Can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. So he goes out and he writes into his journal. I actually, this this issue makes Rorschach seem the less least crazy so far of the first four issues. Yeah. Like, he seems pretty, he's scared about, well, maybe not scared is the right word, but he's aware and he's confirming uh, the the mask theory that someone's going after masks. He's planning out his day, and he's basically just letting you know that he like this whole issue is just him showing you he does have a quote unquote real life. He is not always Rorschach. And so, it's worth mentioning that when when we get into this journal, the entire issue takes place in this one day, which yep. is October twenty first, nineteen eighty five. Yep. And I looked it up, and this was a Monday. Because the first thing he says is that it's 2.35 a.m. and he hasn't slept since Saturday. So it's been like two days since he slept. Uh, which Saturday was, I believe, the day of Dr. Manhattan's thing. I'm not going to go back and look for yeah. The news thing where he bolts. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he says he doesn't know anything about Dr. Manhattan. Moloch's been used. Uh, and he's got comes up with a few things. You know, did the Russians seem like an obvious choice? Manhattan and Comedian both were key military figures. Um, but the big thing is that comedian referred to an island with artists and writers living on it. That's that's the big, like, oh, it can't be some power that be. It has to be an even bigger conspiracy. So he's sleepy, and he's... Uh, he. <laughs> I love that... I actually really like this about him, regardless of everything else, but he's, you know, walked home past trash cans stuffed with rumors of war, weighing factors, bodies, motives. 
waiting for a flash of enlightenment in all this blood and thunder. Like, even he... Blood and thunder. Well, not just that, although that is a sweet terminology. He's the, like, shower epiphany guy. You know, like, when you're waiting before work, you're, like, really sleepy, and you're standing there, and then you think of, like, that profound thing. That's what that makes me think of for Rorschach, is he's a shower epiphany guy. Like, all my good story ideas are in the shower. See? You're like Rorschach. In more ways than one. Oh, don't say that. (laughs) I shaved the beard. I shaved it. (laughs) I have a nice, like, normal person It's a very good spot right now. It's a good length. The edges are all... It looks good. Me, on the other hand, going for something a little different. Yeah, I just... I trimmed it just for the party. I'm going back to a a homeless man beard. You're going to grow a big one? Yeah, it's I'm going full Alan Moore. I'm getting there. This is almost the longest it's ever been, and I'm okay with it. Uh, anyway, so then we get to a really freaking grim-ass, scary-ass scene that is completely downplayed because the cops are, well, cops, and they have to live this life. So they go into an apartment, which, uh, th- this scene, what happens here, is like a, not super common, but it's not an uncommon occurrence for this to happen with certain These men. kind of, with, for certain men? Yes, uh, so... Yeah, I'll explain after we okay. explain what happens in this scene. All right, so so there there's two cops in there. There's a, a hysterical woman. They're talking to her, and she says, you know, Dominique, she just kept saying wa, which is like war. She's only three. She repeats things. Um, so what, what is it good for? <laughs> absolutely nothing. Slay it again. <laughs> so what it is is uh, the cop's talking to her, and she's explaining her husband was terrified. So the the beginning of the issue, remember we said Russia invades Afghanistan on the newspaper. Nuclear war is all but certain. Dr. Manhattan's gone. Russia's taking over Europe and, well, all of those three continents. It looks like they're probably going to take over. Yep. And um, the, the a, a man, a father, went absolutely insane, killed both of his kids, and then c- cut open his own throat. Uh, and he says that it was to spare them of the war. It was to prevent them from dying in a war. Which, I don't know about you, dying by his hand, dying in war, don't really understand how you're sparing them, you're just making it happen sooner, and kind of nullifying the chance of anything else, but whatever, I'm not a crazy person. So, the actual psychology behind this is that there are men who feel like if they're unable to... uh, provide or protect their children and their family they kind of just have this mental breakdown Mm -hmm. where they assume that the only inevitable thing is that they will live horrible and slowly starving lives where their the death will be awful so they just kill them because they think it's the merciful thing so this is a real life occurrence this is a euthanasia-esque type thing there are dudes out there that like that i'm like ugh. Imagine that you just marry someone and you think they're all normal, but there's just this little thing where... And it's impossible to know. It's a never, you'll never know that. It's, it's, it's a really breakdown and failure of masculinity so in our society. So what you're saying is I have to go around and murder all the fathers so that the fathers can't snap and murder their babies. Well, you don't know which fathers are going to snap and murder their babies. So just do them all. Because these are yeah. these are seemingly normal people, yeah. and that's the there's only one the option. Get rid of them all. Mm. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. 
Well, I'm not a psychologist. You would like. I'm pretty sure there are some actual articles and research oh papers goodness, that I'm you sure. could read. Well, so that uh, if so, you want to be really depressed that day, no, I don't. I don't. But what this reminded me of was remember the God particle we were searching for in real life, not in the book. Not yeah. me and Craig. I mean mankind. Well, we were <laughs> yeah. also looking for. We it. were there. Yeah, we were doing it. And yeah. um, that when that news broke and they were like getting ready to test for the God particle and they were getting ready to test for you know the big hadron collider. Um, there was multiple suicides because people were terrified of what it meant. Like, hmm. you know, would it open a black hole was a big theory, which isn't obvious, no. And that was pretty much said from the get-go that that wouldn't happen. But anyways, yeah. um, you know, would it expose the secrets of of the universe, of God? Like, you can't, you can't know what's in an atom, or not in an atom. We know that quarks are within an atom. And yep. then I think we know one more step. There's something else inside of us. It keeps on getting smaller. Yeah, yeah, there's something else in there. And, you know, to find the true, quote-unquote, building block of the universe would be like the... It'd be like God finding out you got into the cookie jar and smacking you, is what people believed. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot of suicide. So that's what I thought of with this, was like, war, oh, shit, boom. So anyways, uh, my favorite thing about this moment was, <laughs> was the one old fat cop goes, you know, uh, so so the, the gritty, tough guy cop, you know, cut jaw blonde hair always smoking the cigarettes he's like there's got to be there's gonna be more like this and the fat boy cop with the turtleneck says well i think it's astrological Haley's comet is coming back around that's an omen of doom and the good guy cop goes yeah so russia's invading afghanistan and, he, and he's like yeah that'll blow over world war three is never gonna happen nobody's crazy enough like he he goes on saying that there's an astrological reason for us to act up and then he but real tangible one man pushes a button war no nobody's crazy enough to think that that's crazy so yeah guy killed his daughters which is really sad but the cops like you want to go get some breakfast uh don't let this ruin your day these psych outs are mostly media inspired oh topical topical no, yeah not a political podcast all no, right moving on podcast but the media is but awful. this next one's actually really awesome and i kind of I kind of actually would love... I'm going to post this on social media or something. And he's like, the media inspires boredom. Not waking up one day morning and butchering your kids. That takes something else. And that's pretty goddamn true. Like, because not a political podcast, but like all these people claiming about what media is capable of. Obviously, yes. It's impossible to be completely unbiased. So to say that yeah. one of these outlets and yada yada is biased, yes, 100%. But them telling you something and your choice to take it or not is not the crazy part. It's what you do with that information after the fact and go fucking screaming at your family members and being an idiot and all these shootings that are happening. Like, that's the fucked up part. The media, sure, it's... The media's an influencer. Right. But it really depends on whether you're susceptible to it or not. Right. So that's why I like that quote a lot. The, you know, that takes something else. Not a political podcast. Not a political but... podcast. And then he says that takes a whole different kind of inspiration. You know, one like maybe the president saying something about murdering people that aren't fit to live or a certain type of people, maybe because of their race, because he's a racist piece of shit. Not a political well, not podcast. Political not a political podcast. So we go back to the newsstand and we get more black freighter up in this bitch. Oh yeah, which is wonderful. Um, so, so we get the classic Alan Moore racist writing. Hey, turkey, quit splashing. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> he says that again actually later down in the issue because he gets yep. splashed. But um, the delivery truck that's delivering all the news and that is juicing up his vehicle. Remember, everything's electrical. So he's like, "Where should I recharge?" Now, quit obstructing the current, which I don't really know what that means. 
because I don't see the kid doing anything that would frig with the electrical. But anyways, uh, so they're getting the newspaper. And of course, the newsman, whose name I forget, we heard it in a few issues ago and not a big deal, but he's going on about how the newsman knows everything we see through the lines. And they're reading the news about how Russia is, is taking over other countries and people are talking about escape routes. Uh, you know, during World War II, there was a place to split to. And uh, the guy leaves. He's, you know, on to Connecticut. Hey, we were mentioned. Yay! Yeah, we're he, relevant. And all you hear is, all you see is the newspaper guy again be like, yeah, sure. But where's to split to? Like, if something goes wrong, <laughs> there is nowhere to go. Yeah, there's... You, you know, when people talk about the raising uh, water levels, they're like, well, we'll just move, you know, move up in elevation. Go to the, the mountain spots. It's like, this... Nowhere to go. No. Um, a nuclear missile will hit you wherever you are. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be near you to kill you. Yeah. It only has to, you know, be somewhere within the realm of getting that water or air towards you, and then you're poisoned and die. Oh, yeah. The radi- the fallout is the real... 76. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so, uh, there uh, we get back to the Black Freighter, and what, what this guy's doing is he's, again, lamenting over the fact that his town is going to be ruined. You know, the waves he's watching crash onto his shore is the same ocean crashing on back home. What am I going to do? I got to see my babies. I got to see my wife. What's going to happen to her? So, of course, he's going to build a raft out of corpses. Well, why, what would you do? Uh, Raft out of corpses. Probably. I mean, on, honestly, the one thing I remember from school was, uh, so we used to do this thing in, um, I think we did it in biology class, but we did this thing in... Um, Oh, I took forensics. We did it in that, too. Watch a movie, point out the inaccuracies of their forensics and whatnot, or watch a movie or show, point out the things where you're like, they they researched that shit before making that. And one of them was, whenever they tied a cinder block to a people's feet, one cinder block wouldn't hold a bloated corpse down. It, it was something like you would need over 80 pounds to weigh down a blow. Some, Ooh, damn. With the amount of gas that you build up in, in your intestine. Unless, you know, you were you, you got the pokey boy in your stomach, so it has somewhere to escape to. But if you die of, like, a gunshot wound in the head or poisoning or whatever, um, yeah, your body and all the gases build up so much, it takes a lot of weight to hold down the average human. So that is one of the first things I think of when in these situations. It's like, yeah, I'll use your body to float. Well, um, my first thought is... Zombies. No. Oh, okay. It's probably old track sharks. Oh, God. Probably, yeah. Probably, I they'll eat anything. I, I remember uh, it was like a Ripley's Believe it or Not. Probably not true. It was uh, the coolest things found in dead sharks because sharks will eat you know anything and then mess up their bodies. Supposedly, they found a dead shark on the beach with a full suit of plated armor and stomach <laughs> that fell off like a shipping you know container or some shit like that. And the shark was just like oh, mm. and then died. Anyways. So he devises, I'm going to build a raft, and he even says, like, the first thing that came to mind was to use these bodies. I slept trying to push it out of my mind. Wakes up, and yeah, there's there's no other option. It doesn't show you much of the island, but I, I choose to think this is one of those islands that's just, like, pure sand barge. No oh, yeah. trees, no rivers, no creeks, none of that little stuff. Well, we stuff. see a tree or two. Yeah, well, yeah, there's there's down to be some, but I'm talking, like, this isn't a Lord of the Flies type oh, island. Oh, no, no. No, this is a freaking... So he, he pulls them out, takes all their clothes, which means he looked at a lot of dead penises. Oh, yeah. Ripped up their clothes, used it as rope, tied them all together underneath a wood raft, and, and, and set sail to sea. What, oh, did he, he, what did he use to cut down the trees? He did actually... Um, 
those wieners from the dead guys? No, sure. Rigor mortis. Oh. Yeah. Rigor mortis. Yeah, pointy, you know, and just line them up. And he did say he thought about sw- uh, swimming, but that would be stupid. And he's right. That would be very stupid. It's oh, yeah. an ocean. Yeah, you'd die. You'd die. Uh, I mean, even if you just, like, laid on your back and floated and just let the current take you wherever, because you can just float in salt water. It's a lot of fun, and I love it. Mm. Something's going to eat you. Sun's going to kill you. Dehydration's yep. going to kill you. If your body's submerged in salt water like that, it'll suck all the moisture out. You're dead. No, there's no good answer other and, than dead bodies. Yeah. And the current can, like, take you further away from land. Yeah, it can take you anywhere. Yeah. And you can also get caught and get pulled under. There is, um, um, like, whirlpools and shit that'll just pull you in. Yeah. You're dead. Have a good day. So he goes out. The seagulls, of course, start flying around, squawk. Squawkalock, which he couldn't have been that far offshore at this point in time because seagulls don't just fly over open water for. Oh fun. yeah, but anyways, they fly down, try and check stuff out. He grabs one and just starts eating it, and that's actually a really badass panel. I love Dave Gibbons' art; it is gorgeous. Oh wow, yours is. Look at yours. Way compared... more vibrant. Yeah, and mine's older. This is much older. I mean, yeah, look at the blues in the sky and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I have the older one. Mm. Interesting. Are those are are they are both winners of the yeah you can even see the newer DC logo, that's interesting. This one was printed different. Yeah, yours looks better. Good to know. Well, yeah, that's awesome. That's, oh yeah, that's a really good picture. So yeah, it, it looks more muted in mine. Yeah, it does. Which actually, the muted I I need to bust out my issue and put it and just see which one would be more accurate. Anyways, this next part is my favorite part to make fun of Dan Dryberg some more. <laughs> I just love like <laughs> you see the the maroon sailor eating the gull and then dan eating a chicken wing not even close to the same sort of emotion on their face so he's talking to Lori um about she got her money shut off the government won't let her stay at her apartment they won't give her any of her items she's basically just a lady out on the town and uh she's gonna go look for something comfortable and then that whole middle panel of her walking away oh. fat boy double chin ario speed wagon listening to dan is just like now's my chance uh, uh, Lori I, I look like Hank Hill if he was more pathetic he looks exactly like a fat pathetic Hank Hill <laughs> cause Hank Hill has the belly but not the fat <laughs> face that's fat face Lori can I uh, sell you some <laughs> propane and propane God accessories dang it Lori so he gets her says you know there's a I'm gonna read actually his words so it doesn't sound too bad no you know there's um there's always my place and she's like, oh, I couldn't impose. Oh, it'd be no imposition. I have a lot of room there. I mean, we're uh, both friends. We're in the same line of work. We're both, uh, we're both. And then she's like, we're both leftovers. He's such a little, oh. I love him so much. I love how pathetic he is because he does awesome shit. Like, I don't know. I just, I like the disparity between the two. Like Rorschach and we find out who he is. Yeah, you get it. Ozymandias is always the one guy. Like you get all that. Sat, or Lori and her mother are just fully in control. And Dan's just like, the most sad sack little piece of shit ever which you could probably take rorschach in a fight they're both scrappy <sighs> bastards i would that would be pretty awesome yeah because he's a great fighter that was his whole thing was he was a cop and he trained a lot and all that and rorschach's just a guy on the street who will well no no the, the first night owl was the cop that trained a lot oh you're right yeah. he was just the kid who got money from yeah. his dad no he, i thought i said he went into law enforcement as well did he I'd I could to, be wrong. I, could I'd, be wrong. I'd have to look it up because yeah. I know like his big shtick is he's really good at inventions and shit. Yeah, and he got handed down a bunch of money from his uncle who passed away, um, or his father. I, I think it was his uncle. That he, sounds about right. He got handed a bunch of money, which let him build things like um, Artemis and stuff. So, anyways, 
Uh, then we get back into Rorschach's journal, uh, and he's talking about basically his daily routine. So he does have a house that is just a ton of really gross, dirty dishes and a can of beans. <laughs> Tim and his fucking beans. He loves beans. Food is fuel, baby. He'd be eating dog biscuits if Ooh, he could. So this is where he starts talking about things in a way that I find very interesting. Like, first off, his mask, he refers to it as his face. Uh, even more so than that. I like the way he says he, he, so he peeled off his face, he says, but he even calls it later. He says, no one knows me without my skin. Like that, that, that mask, which is why I won't talk about the movie. I'm going to go one full time without talking about the movie in comparison. Ooh. That being him, it's kind of like the joke actually because of who he is. The joke that Batman's actually Batman. He's not Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's his alter ego. Nope. It's that exact same thing. Like a, He thinks he's Rorschach, right. and whoever he is when he's not Rorschach isn't him. That it, is his... It's his disguise. It's yeah. his mask. So yeah, this this thing is his full face. So he sees kids outside. They're vandalizing. He's like, I'll remember their faces for later work, which, you know, vigilanteism. Uh, he goes out. This is another really good part. He notices the landlady, usual complaints, hygiene and rent. There were purple bite marks on her fat white neck. Fresh ones. She reminds me of my mother. So we've got Because she has tickle bitties? Mostly. We've only gotten two mentions of his parents. This one, this really terrible woman with kids, and she can't pay her rent, and she smells bad, and she has bite marks on her neck. That reminds him of his mother. And his father, he doesn't know it all. Hmm. But he's a great guy. He even says, you know, honorable men like my father and President Truman. <laughs> so we've got really good role models for him. So he walks out, he sees what they were spray painting. They were painting a silhouette of a man and woman, like, smooching and embrace. And he even says, possibly indulging in sexual foreplay. He clearly has no idea what romance is or a relationship. Also, we'll see these all throughout the issue. These graffiti. And, um... Yeah. Oh, uh, what I think they're supposed to be is, uh... The silhouettes of people that get killed by a nuclear blast. That's my assumption, too. Isn't there the really famous one in um, Japan? Yeah. Yeah, like the super famous yeah. one. Yeah, someone just got uh, blasted by the bomb and just... It's not a shadow, it's them. It's literally their body burned into... Yeah. But it looks like a shadow of the person. Right. Yeah, no, that's how I interpreted it as well, actually. But um, So he's walking down. He actually sees Dan and... and uh, Lori leaving a diner. They don't know me. And he goes, an affair, perhaps? Did just Jaspezik engineer Dr. Manhattan's exile to make room for Dryberg? <laughs> also, she hated comedian. Must further investigate. <laughs> Must investigate further. So nothing is off limits for his uh, ideas of what this might be. He very clearly has no trust in anyone. Except for Dan, actually. Mm. And that's probably because there's no reason to think dan is capable of anything other than just crying into his pillow at night really that's what Why he does best. Lori yeah, love me. just listening to uh come sail away by the sticks <laughs> or what's that song by christopher cross sailing take me away to that's you know that song no i don't ah damn it well the moment's not as funny if you don't know the song anyways i do like how when he's watching so he told Moloch earlier that if he has anything to say, drop it off in a garbage can, which he calls his, uh, uh, his mailbox. Yeah, his mailbox. His mail drop. His mail sorry. drop. And while he's doing that, he, he's at the diner and he's just making a Rorschach picture yeah, with his... condiments on a napkin. Because that's all he does. But I actually wanted to read this because it, it's pretty 
indicative of like more of how he thinks. So entering diner, bought coffee, then sat watching my mail drop immediately across the street. Passerby made various deposits, candy wrappers, newspapers, a pair of keds strangled by own laces, tongues lolling out horribly. This city is an animal, fierce and complicated to understand it. I read its droppings, its scents, the movement of its parasites. I sat watching the trash can and New York opened its heart to me. That means absolutely nothing. Like, what he's saying there, this isn't one of those, like, you know, he's talking about the whores and whatnot and he's not going to protect the city. Like, that's something you can get out of someone who's really into crime. He's like, yes, people are terrible. You hear people say it all the time. People are shitty. They're always going to be shitty. This isn't one of those scenarios. This is literally a madman watching people throw stuff away and acting like it has significance oh, in yeah. the society. It's like, oh, look at that plastic bag. <laughs> what floating. does it mean? He's American beautying it, <laughs> yeah. floating in the wind. It means nothing. It's a plastic bag. Yeah, it's Your just... circulatory system is so complex, <laughs> it's amazing that we're even like living things. <sighs> I love it. I, I just... I stole that joke from Family Guy. I know you did. I, I'm really happy because no one around here really watches Family Guy, and that's kind of a bummer. I I, I watched, like, I don't know, the... There's got to be so many seasons, but, like, uh, I don't know, the first... 17 now or something? Jesus, yeah. yeah. I watched, like, the first seven or eight. I was like... Uh, the sixth is my favorite, so... At um, some point, it's like, okay, uh, you're you're getting into Simpsons realm. So, just like The Simpsons, the I think it's, like, season, like, 11, I started to kind of hate the show, and then... I but I watched them because it was something me and Franny did together. Um, it was like one of you know I don't watch shows much, so it was yeah. one of the only things I actually would keep up on. I think it's like season fourteen is phenomenal. I was like, this show is great, and oh. then it got shitty again. But the point is, it might be worth going back to for that because um, there was one season I'm pretty sure it was fourteen that I loved. I was like, oh my god, this is back to being awesome. Yeah, there's only one time I went back to to watch some of it, and I just wanted to watch the Family Guy Simpsons crossover. That's a that's a fun one. That's yeah. like season. 13 or something yeah something like that um yeah that that's a yeah, <laughs> we're just on. like you're just copying the simpsons and it was like the simpsons is so popular that they can't have this episode on their show it yeah. has to be in family guy <laughs> yeah. well and there's also one later i will show you it when we're done with this where quagmire and peter start a band oh. that's a really good episode you should watch it so anyways uh we're done with that we're back outside and we're with the kid and the newsman as he reads more of the black freighter uh which is uh, absolutely oh we're not to the, to the sco- super scary part yet so we're actually okay afghanistan is pakistan next want 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 so yeah they've clearly they've taken over afghanistan not just uh, that's the way i interpret it it hasn't said it explicitly but back when it was like well if this happens will they try to take over afghanistan manhattan leaves they invade now it's no longer talking about the invade it's almost like yep they have it that's how i was like you got it boom is pakistan next and i'm sure it's gonna as issues go on, elaborate further and further. Which that just as like a political thing, if Russia were to take Pakistan, there's like a long going uh, standoff between India and Pakistan because they both have nuclear weapons. Right. So that would disrupt that entire equilibrium. Would it? What question? Just as a uh, as doctors, myself and, and and you, you know, doctor, doctor. Um, if a massive power like that was to just walk in like let's say uh the whole um jerusalem iran issue who's jerusalem always playing with uh oh uh so israel israel there we go yeah they're often at odds with iran iran so i I was on the way there's usually 
some covert actions. Like, I think at some point, uh, they did, like, bomb a target within Iran. Ugh. Yeah. So if a superpower, a la this scenario, was to just take over one of them, would that make it worse or better? Like, like in, like in this scenario, Pakistan, I- India, they've got their big shit. Russia comes in, obviously it's bad for the world, but Russia comes in and just takes Pakistan, destroys their whole government and takes it over. Is India like, ah, those guys are out. We're cool. Or are they like, oh, now you're the one we're after, even though you took out our enemy? Probably the latter. Because yeah, probably. they do have nuclear weapons and they have a billion people. It'd be a pretty big standoff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because then what's to say? there's That's not a, hey, we took care of your enemy so you wouldn't have to deal with them. That's like, hey, we're moving our way through everything. Eventually we'll make it to you. Scary. Yeah. World's a scary place. Anyways. Black Freighter. No one's crazy enough to do it. Uh, so the Black Freighter is, he's just on his boat. It's actually a really short one, but it's a really good one. And then we'll go back to the main story with the uh, newsman. So he has all that. He ate, he ate a raw seagull, which you can eat lots of meats raw. I'd, I'd wager that maybe a scavenger bird is not one of them. No. <laughs> so, so it's, you, especially if you just bite into it without regard of what yeah, you're biting into. The feathers and the shit and all that good stuff. He just kind of went for it. So there's gall in my stomach as the sun clamored precariously over the world's slippery rim. The enormity enormity, of my savage breakfast, sorry, it's Dash, so I read them separately, struck me and I grew faint. I'd swallowed too much bird flesh. I'd swallowed too much horror. His stomach is upset. He's got an upset tummy. So he goes to the edge of his little raft and just, you know, barfs, spews chunks, and looks down... And I didn't know if it was supposed to be him looking at one of the dead bodies he sees right there, or if it's his reflection. Either I th- way, it's I think the, it's his reflection. That, uh, yeah, that's what, the image makes it look more like his reflection. But so he, uh, I gazed into the inverted world beneath, where drowned gulls circled. A madman with blood caked lips glazed back at me. Like I guess that's definitely him looking at him. I can only imagine a sight for sore eyes. This guy is. He's destroyed covered in vomit blood skins drying and cracking out he's freaking his eyes are probably sunken yeah and then like this next part uh his eyes his nose his cheeks seemed individually familiar but mercifully i could not piece them together not into a face i knew yeah he's losing his goddamn mind i think is what's happening here oh yeah definitely he's losing his damn mind so that's actually all it gives us for the black Friday for a minute because the newspaper guy is going on and on about uh, World War Three, and it's a nightmare. People can, uh, who can even think about it are the arms company. And this is something actually that gets talked about a lot in real life. Oh, yeah. Times of war, weaponry makes millions. Back in 2013, it was like a record-setting year for firearm sales because someone said Obama wanted to take our guns, and it was going to... Militias everywhere were popping up. And everyone's like, ha-ha, that's funny. In reality, gun sales, like, tripled overnight and fucking these people made bank the stocks went through the roof or like um afghanistan and iraq uh dick cheney and Halliburton made so much money didn't even know what to do with themselves he made so much money he'd shoot another friend in the face he didn't care yeah he's like you know whatever i'll just keep shooting friends. <laughs> and then the friend apologized i know i'm, at, I'm oh. so sorry my face was in front of your gun my bad my be not a political podcast not a, so, not a political podcast so he's uh, talking about it, and then the kid's like, hey, could you shut your goddamn mouth? I'm trying to read a book. And he's like, ah, everybody escaping into comic books and TV makes me sick. I mean, 
all this, it could all be, this is one thing people say, old people say all the time. Right. This is just, so, it could all be gone. People's cars, TV shows, even the word gone would be gone. You've heard them, people say that. Like, oh, what are you going to do when the internet goes out? Man, go fuck yourself. I'll read oh. a book. Oh, you want to know how to uh, confuse a millennial? Uh, lock them in a room with a rotary phone and uh, have the instructions in cursive. Like, nah, bitch. We know how to adapt to technology. Oh, you know one of my favorite things They ever? think that because they mm. can't adapt, we can't. But we're so much better better than them i'm just gonna go ahead and say that we're I, better than them i'm very interested to see what 60 year old our generation is like like because you know how people grab the cell phone pull it out six feet in front of them grab one big finger and go like trying to figure out how to unlock it i wonder what technology will be like and if we become that or if we're just like oh yeah we went through an age of that sort of adaptation i think because it. that we were we we're the generation that had little technology growing up and then it progressed along with us as we grew up with it that ability to adapt to new things i think that's not going to leave us no man i don't think so either we're not going to be the amish side of people and just deny it all yeah because i can go fucking use the road of your phone easily actually and you know what i see also that 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 idea is so dumb because you're making the technology easier dumbing it down so yeah we and we can we can know how to read cursive. It's not that much different Although from it, fucking... you know, when people were like, they stopped teaching cursive in schools. What are we going to do? World's going to end. It's like, oh, you mean that thing you've never wrote in in your entire yeah. life since you were maybe like 11? You know what we... No one does? Write. In cursive or in general. I mean, I can do it. Not a political podcast. Not a political, not a political podcast. So anyways, um, yeah, that's horseshit. So yeah. uh, we flash to uh, Mr. Adrian Veidt, a.k.a. Ozymandias. I prefer to say it like that, by the way. Ozymandias, as opposed to Ozymandias. Oh, yeah, I do Ozymandias. Yeah, I like it more, but... So, anyways, uh, he's... <laughs> where, where does he give lectures from? Where? He's Ozymandias. Uh, 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 funny joke, honey joke. <laughs> that's my favorite i'm so happy you, you hadn't seen it so i could show you something new because that was i love that video anyways he is at his billion dollar estate doing billion dollar business deals with other billionaires and uh his secretary is like hey we gotta go you the this toy people are coming in they want new characters for the ozymandias line oh god now i fucking did it the other way because <laughs> whatever uh maybe some major villains and he's just like they're all dead He's being super sullen. He's being such a such a Debbie Downer. And she's like, oh, wow, what is it with everybody today? What is with people talking about? What is with all these people talking what about death? It's with airline food. That's, how, that's what popped into my head. And he's like, you know, I didn't. And she's uh, all this all this Egyptian stuff. If you haven't got the hint by now, Ozymandias is... I'm not, I'm not going to be able to break it now. <laughs> Ozymandias. It's, Ozymandias is obsessed with uh, Egyptian everything. All the history, all the culture, all the people. He loves it. And she, he's like, well, death wasn't morbid to the ancient Egyptians. They saw it as a launching on a voyage of spiritual discovery. discovery. Don't you find that comforting? And she, comforting? Are you kidding me? Losing 10 pounds is comforting. My next raise is a comforting thought. Gloria Vanderbilt, MTV, these are comforting things. Spiritual discovery, on the other hand, I can take it or... Oh, no! He's got a gun! She gets Get shot. wrecked, bitch. Yeah, she gets shot right in the chest. Oh, yeah. So Bam. blasted. And this is actually... So, 
For all things Watchmen does absolutely wonderful, it's the dialogue, it's the characterizations, it's the setup. They don't really go heavy into splash pages to show you comic book action. One of the things that comic books that can do, in my opinion, dramatically better than a novel, is show you action right in front of your goddamn face. Yeah. And this is great. Guy pulls a gun, shoots her, Ozymandias dashes aside to grab a pillar, he shoots at him, he blocks the bullet with his with the pillar, crushes him in the face with it like a baseball bat, dives into the water, rips him up out, smashes his face against the freaking... Basically, the curb against the the wall. Then lifts him up. That two pages of just splash. Yes, I could just open it and go, wow, that was cool and flip by it. But I don't know. It's gorgeous art. I really like it. But this next panel. What have you got in your mouth? No, open your mouth. Open it. It sounds like a parent with a child or a pet. What you got in your mouth? Get over here. Open it. And he's, uh, you know, the cops are there. Security is there. Why he has security, we'll never know. He's... God damn, Ozymandias doing his job. So Mr. Vice stand back. He's like, no, he's got a poison capsule. So he reaches into his mouth to try to grab it before he is. And he's like, I want to know who did this. And then the guy dies. Presumably because he bit down on the capsule and poisoned himself. I don't know what poison would work that fast, but sure. I believe it. Uh, Usually it's cyanide pills. Can cyanide people... kill you that quick? I'm not sure. It's possible. I'd, be I'd have to look it up. But yeah, I'd be interested you... in the science of that. I'm just going by like movie and video game logic it's almost always a cyanide capsule and it always takes moments yeah yeah it's like gurgle gurgle yeah but all he says is poison capsule so and because of the like futuristic nature of how things happen let's just assume it's something super poisonous and he's just like so he's sitting there everyone's all around him like shocked out of their mind he's just like hunched over with a dead two dead bodies around him he just goes call the toy people and cancel the extension of the ozymandias line if they ask why just tell them i don't have any enemies (laughs) presumably because he murders them all because he's badass back to the freighter back to the freighter he is floating along the ocean his freaking boat all sorts of dead bodies underneath it he's picturing the black freighter which the ship has the heads it even shows you a nice little image of all these decapitated heads hanging is that redundant no you have to explain how the heads are there it's just the head yeah hey i don't know it just seems redundant but it's not Anyways, tied to the front of the bow, and uh, he's going on about how he woke up. He drank. I don't think this is true at all. Drank a little salt water. I've heard less than. A, I've heard that on less than a pint daily, a man might survive. I don't no, think that's true. No. I don't think that's true. It dehydrates you. It, yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy man going crazy. Which they actually say that that's. I've, I've, I've read, heard, read. I can't remember where I heard that. That most of the time, people who die from dehydration from salt water like in the desert or in the ocean and stuff like that where they get any water available to them it's mostly because at that point they're insane it's not a sane thought to be like hmm, oh yeah maybe this can save me it's like i don't know what's going on water drink because they're just so dehydrated and so parched and they want water and their body's that- freaking out yeah. yeah anyways actually the thing that the newsman says at that after that blurb is hell no or hell no wonder people go crazy huh. so yeah okay i i think alan moore hit it on the head before i even had a chance to say anything cool yep. good on you alan moore the newsman is talking about you know somebody tried to or someone kills their kids someone tries to shoot up adrian Vite. who would want this tells you what people in this world think of of adrian you know who would want to kill a guy like that He's a real hero, did charity work, revealed his name like he had nothing to hide. Jeez, where's it going? Like, people freaking also, love Adrian. Also, possibly homosexual. Must investigate Must further. Must investigate further, yeah. And if they find out, oh boy. 
uh so you know he's he's you never know what's bearing down on you and the guy the end is nigh guy is right there behind him so that's kind of a nice little sign uh then we're at the uh i bet there's all kind of stuff we never noticed and there's the end is nigh guy oh yeah i was just about to mention that too yeah there's he he's also over here yep he's walking around him at all times so he's uh he says, you know, irrationally, my first thought, uh, the Black Freighter, I'm, I apologize, we're jumping around. Irrationally, my first thought was of their corpses bursting their bonds, attempting to clamber up into the air in dryness. But no, something had brushed beneath me. Something moved under the raft uh, and, and caused a disturbance. So he's, my platform lurched again, head in the darkening water. I heard a splash. Shadowy forms approached. Where they, Were they boats come to rescue me? No, not boats. Fins. This is my nightmare. I actually had, no joke, okay, I meant to say this earlier when we were out there on the couch. I actually had a nightmare last night. I was on a boat, not a raft of corpses, I was on a boat, and Franny was in the water and there was a shark underneath her swimming around. So I went in there to get her, I pushed her up onto the boat, and then the thing jumped out of the water and a hammerhead shark, which is not what it is in this book, a hammerhead shark was trying to eat me in the boat Jaws style. You know when Quint is sliding down into its mouth? That was happening in my nightmare last night with a hammerhead shark. Oh, Jesus. It was freaking terrifying. And it was happened. This happens to me a lot. I don't know if this happens to anyone else. I woke up freaking like shaking. And then I'd close my eyes and instantly go back into that nightmare. But not fully. Not sleeping. Like I knew in my head I was saying if you go back to sleep that's where you're going. So I was going there. So I would wake myself back up to prevent it. I would like see the scenery and then like pulled back out of it like no 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 stay awake stay awake be cool be cool man it's all cool and i did that like two or three times last night or this morning it's just worse i oh i have so many shark nightmares it's not even funny i hate it yeah i never experienced things like that my my yeah no oh it was bad it was bad i have that happen more often than not i didn't also, like it i do like to i would like to point out just like the consistency with the art for this scenery because mm-hmm. like just well as we saw before they're always outside the institute of extraspatial studies and they even have that uh that uh nuclear fallout sign yep across the street that was put up like two issues before yeah they they keep it they keep the world very detailed like i don't know who could think of every minor detail like this but man they did it god they did it so it's great. So they're out there. Sharks are coming. And then we're no longer dealing with the freighter. We're back into Rorschach's journal. Still October 21st. Still 1985. Oh, and there's a, another silhouette. And Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I didn't even look at that. Oh, yeah. They're all throughout the chapter. I was looking for them after I saw the first one. And he is out at the trash can. Oh, my God. We could have put this. Okay. So I'm going to spoil it right now for everyone. The end is nigh guy, even if you haven't picked up on it by now, walking behind them, walking in front of them, he's walking over and reaching into a trash can in the final panel. Oh, yeah. And then the beginning of the next page is a man's hands, not the gloves of Rorschach, Rorschach's journal, 21st, pulling out a note that says, call tonight, 11.30 p.m., have information, urgent, Jacoby. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I didn't either until right now when I looked at the hands and I saw that the hands were his hands. I was like, wait a minute, those aren't gloves. Rorschach always wears gloves, trench coat, hat, mask. And I looked to the back page, and there it is. The end is nigh guy with his sign right there. It's not even like, oh, that could have just been Rorschach. No, the end is nigh is leaning against the trash can, and he's pulling out the note. Well, the end of the issue definitely, like, 
Yeah, then we know who it is. But yeah. I'm just saying. But I didn't re- even realize they like they were, give it to you. Yeah, they give it to you beforehand. And also, this whole nine panel is uh, about him going to retrieve his right his 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 suit. his self. So you know, someone tried my to kill. Face. Yeah, someone tr- killed Vite. Tried to kill Vite. Proves my mass killer theory. Check the mail drop. Moloch left a note. He's gonna go retrieve his stuff. Uh, he heard someone screaming about. Oh yeah, went to retrieve face from Alley outside Utopia. Police restrained a youth. He was screaming something about President Nixon. Something about bombs. People are going nuts in the streets. I mean, we already know that from the murders that happened. Is everyone but me going mad? That's actually not completely untrue. Because A, he's already mad. Yep. But B, as far as like the realm of sanity of the universe, he's been consistent from yeah, the start to finish. He is consistent. Everyone else is the one going freaking crazy. So elephants drifting over the street. It's a big freaking uh, advertisement. Uh, beyond that, unseen spy satellites. If they so much as narrow their glass eyes, we shall all be dead. Not untrue. Also something a mad person says. Yep. So he goes, he finds his stuff. They're right there where he left him. His hat, his jacket, his gloves, his mask. The three things that make up who he is. Puts them on. I abandon my disguise and become myself. Free from fear or weakness or lust. My coat, my shoes, my spotless gloves, my face. This is why freaking Zack Snyder doesn't understand. Not going to talk about the movie. But I'm just saying this is why he doesn't understand Rorschach. That line right there. Putting them on. I abandon my disguise and become myself. Free from fear or weakness or lust. Lust isn't as important. But the way he portrays him. Not talking about the movie. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So he, he goes. He actually, on his way to Moloch's, uh, he has some time to kill. He stops an attempted rape or mugging or possibly both. Um, the man turned and there was something rewarding in his <laughs> eyes. Sometimes the night is generous to me. I think he strangled him to death. Because he's... So the guy's got a knife to a lady's neck. Oh, yeah. He's holding this, like, rope cloth, like a rolled up... A shirt or something and he's walking at him with the like hands out i'm gonna freaking wrap your neck in this and when he says something in his eye rewarding in his eyes i think he murdered him probably i mean he, he's murdered lots of people yeah but usually it's like you know earlier it said there was the dead body of the multiple serial rapist that he killed okay fine you killed that guy that's cool I think he killed someone else earlier in the thing. Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, uh, Dan and uh, Lori talked about how, like, there was that one guy he dropped that him w- down the elevator yep. shaft. Yeah. <laughs> so he de- he definitely kills, but not just like no no crime is okay. But this is like a relatively standard mugging where you just lock the guy up and throw him in jail. Yeah. He I all right murder guy. Anyways, see, I don't think he would differentiate between. Someone who yeah. is just doing a crime and what they could potentially be doing. Right. Like, it could have just been a mugging, but he said, rape, mugging, both. Yeah, he's and like, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You were going to do the worst thing you could possibly do, and I'm going to take care of it. Yeah, he assumes the worst. Ugh, what a bad guy. So, we're back at Dan's apartment. Dan, really? You don't know how grateful I am for this. Oh, my God. My favorite thing about this. So, basically, he's just like, hey, you're comfy here. I'm right down the hall if you need anything. Uh, I mean, like, coffee or aspirin. Stuff like that. Definitely not my penis. Yeah, definitely no, no, not, no. Definitely That's not, not my what dick. I would mean. I'm not talking yeah. about that. And she's like, I'll be fine. I'm going to sleep. I would never t- take advantage yeah, of you. Why would I do? Oh, God dang it, Lori. I love you so much. Uh, I'll be tired. I'm going to sleep till Thursday. But Ario Hank Wagon. <laughs> I love that. Uh... You know, you're like, oh my god, this is my favorite part. 
Uh, oh, I'll be fine. I'm so tired. I'm going to sleep till Thursday. Thanks for looking out for me, Dan. You're like a big brother. You know that? Fucking friend zones. I'm so oh, goddamn bam. hard. Sure. Well, glad I could help. Good night, Lori. And he walks out. She says, good night, Dan. Sweet dreams. Already taking her top off. You can see her boobies. And he's just in the doorway. So sad. And then he's outside her doorway. So sad. And then he's in his room. So, so sad. sad. Taking his clothes off and going to sleep. And he, all he says is, hell and damnation. He he's... doesn't even put his clothes away. No, he's too sad. He's so sad. He just needs to lay down. I bet he cranks one out, gets it out of his system, sad crank, cry maxes, goes to bed. Hell and damnation. Uh, then my nightmare. Like my Shocks. absolute nightmare, but without the strength that this man has. So he basically, it's exactly what you would anticipate. The sharks are coming. They start ripping at his boat to pull these bodies off as they would. Then one dives out, and as it lunges for him, I would just assume it's lunging out for anything. Oh, yeah. He grabs a piece of the broken mast and just drives it through the head, through the eye of the shark. And he says, half blind, half dead, wholly deranged by agony. The yellow leviathan attempted to swim away, dragging my raft in its bloody wake. As it jumped through the raft, it got caught up in the wood, in the ropes or clothing ropes, whatever. So now his raft is kind of on the back of this shark that he stabbed through the brain as it swims off feverishly down the, you know, through the ocean. I love, I'm not going to read every bit of text. I really like the way he chooses to describe this from the color, you know, saying his skin's oh. neither black nor wholly white, but a pale and muddled yellow. That kind of stuff I really like. I like how he described the condition of his raft, like after he kills the shark and it's like stuck in it, so and that just becomes his raft. My raft grew increasingly, oh, increasingly grotesque, reflecting my own gradual transformation. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely disgusting now and holding on to the back of a dead shark. What a badass. So the newspaper man, that we only get one panel of that and then one panel of the newspaper man with the text overflowing. He has to put up all the tarps because it's pouring rain, and as you know, a newsstand, you can't. You got you got precious cargo in yeah. there. You can't let it get wet. Uh, his friend, a friend, comes up, who uh, is like, "Man, cab driving has busted my nuts. Give me a copy of Hustler." I spent the the first six panels of that wondering if that was a man or a woman, because he even says, "Hi, Joey. How's the Promethean? Still bringing light to the world?" Like they're clearly good friends, and he respects this person. And, uh, you know, the name Joey isn't a dead yep. giveaway. She's like, we sure need light with this Afghanistan crapola. Who's the centerfold this month? <laughs> She's just there just looking to, to get their rocks off, really, by looking at this hustler. And he's like, it's Pakistan, ought to worry. They're wide open. Well, we're all pretty vulnerable, she says as she looks at a, a thing. And then she says, that reminds me. I got a poster maybe you could display so it won't get torn down. And she holds it up. And it's we find out it's a her. It says pink triangle live at or live at the pink triangle and it's guar <laughs> gay, gay women against rape and the guy the newspaper do, man do you know the band guar i know the band guar but i don't think that's <laughs> that, what that stands for I, know. I, I thought that immediately i was like gay women against rape okay guar shit and it's she he's like is this a joke and she, no it's a benefit gig now you're gonna nail it up or am i gonna alter your looks he, I would totally believe an 80s man would think, A, homosexuality is the biggest sin ever, but also, mm. like, gay people loved raping. That's something that heathens do. You know, I can mm. totally see this catching him completely off guard. Also, what I did notice the first time I read this, um, the kid reading the the book, mm -hmm. you see the frame with the, the sh raft and the shark in one frame, and then in the next, and then you actually see that frame itself of the comic. 
in his panel yeah, yeah in his book that's a good point yeah i like that i like that a lot anyways um so they start off as just friends he's asking her if she's bringing light to the world there's smiles on his face but when she shows him this he hangs it up and he says bringing light to the world my ass and he's got like this scowl like he's just so disappointed in his friend oh yeah we see him flip-flop on emotional things all the time he's a jackass yeah every, every time like giving the kid the hat and stuff which the kid is still wearing by the way days have gone by but the kid clearly comes back just to read the comics yeah. Which was very common back then. And actually, if you go into a lot of comic books now, stores now, they'll have signs up that say, please no reading in the store. Because it takes, well, this book, it takes 30 minutes to read an issue, but you can pick up an old issue of Flash and read it in 10 minutes and then just put it back and walk away. Barnes and Nobles and, and Bam and stuff, they have a whole coffee shop for you to do that in the hopes you'll buy it. But comic shops can't afford that luxury. So they still have signs where they're like, hey, don't, don't pick it up and read it. Buy it. If you want it, buy it. Yeah. And then enjoy it. Support the industry. So um, then we get back to uh, the cops. Remember old Blue Eyes and the fat boy with the turtleneck. And they're basically talking about the world and how messed up it is. Um, and the phone's ringing. And the, the good guy cop is basically just having a discussion with himself. Talking about this record that he used to have. Oh, this artwork's so nice. He's had this funny feeling. Something's in the air. And the guy's like, could you answer the damn phone? I'm doing all your paperwork from the job today. Could you do one thing? So he picks it up. Oh, well, first there's a quip. You know, I feel like something there. And he's like, yeah, that's the sound waves, man. They're coming from the phone. He's like, no, no, no. I mean, Adrian and the murders. I do like how um, a Blonde Cop has a Grateful Dead uh, uh, poster that he's messing around with. And Fat Cop and Turtleneck is like, hey, don't mess with the evidence. When right before he was messing around with the Buddha. Oh, uh, yeah, he was screwing around with the poster. Yeah, the other poster from the same crime scene. So he answers the phone, and he's like, all right, hello, Detective Fine speaking. Oh, his name's Fine. We could just call him that from now on. Uh, sure, what's your name? Uh, a tip? Sure, what's your name? No name? Huh, that's acceptable. So what do you have? Raw what? Did you say shark? Raw shark? Why should I want to know where to find raw shark? And that's when the other guy goes, <gasps> he gets the big wide eyes. He's like, oh, yeah, I know what we're talking about. Are you kidding me? This could be it. So this is the first time someone has a real meaningful quote unquote tip of where Raw Shark or Rorschach yeah. uh, could be. In which case, well, we go to him. I, I found it funny. Raw Shark, where in the, the previous page. He's uh, fucking with some Raw Sharks. Yeah, yeah. And he's eating that bird raw and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure he said he, he ate some of the shark. He does. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah, he um, ate some Raw Shark. And now they're going to eat some raw shark. Uh, actually, did we get to it? Oh, yeah, it's in this one. That night, eating shark. I would have chuckled at the inversion of natural rolls had not my parched laughter seemed so hateful. Yeah, he ate some raw shark. Damn. Alan Moore. What a what a guy. Ooh, and then... Um, so this is mimicking the first panel yep. of the book. It's the same boot, the same puddle, the same reflection walking through. He's going to Moloch's house. 11.30. Good evening, Jacoby. And um, another silhouette. Oh, fucking yes. God damn it. They're every uh, and that one's outside of one of like the gang things too. Yep. You can see the the crossbones on the wall there, the yeah. RR thing. Yep, uh 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 oh, I was gonna uh, Again uh, I just realized Team Rocket blasting off at one, the speed of light. Just one R, not two. You were gonna ruh ruh Yeah, Reem Rocket. What are you Scooby Doo over there? <laughs> Reem Rocket, Raggy. Reem Rocket, oh. Uh, Reem, oh. Ooh, Reem Rocket is sexual. Uh, uh, Much ooh. like the silhouettes possibly engaging in foreplay. Yeah. As Raw Shark would tell us. So this uh, panel, I remember the first time I read it. So how are you, I mean, I know you've read this book before, but in general, how are you about preventing spoilers from yourself in something like this? Which is very hard to do. Oh, because like, 
You had a hair on your mustache. I got it. Because the dead center panel of this page spoils what could be a couple of panels of Rorschach talking to himself and having a... a... Oh, no. I saw that right away. Okay. So like... Yeah, I'm, ba- I'm really bad at it, too. I'm actually bad at it page to page. So, like, while reading the left page, I might be, like, taking glimpses at the right, and I try to stop myself. Like, no, no, no. I just Stay. focus on the one page, and yeah. if there's something in it that gives away the earlier, I just read it as it's supposed to be. Like... Yeah. I know it, it's much harder to get, like, the shock value, but... Right. Um, um, well, that's kind of the point of how this works, though, is is it's half and half. You you really experience yeah. it your own way, but... So, anyways... I he, can still appreciate the m- manner that it unfolds. The layout, because once you see the spoiler, it makes you go back and look even more at the at the, the panels, and you're like, holy shit, yeah. he's sitting there like this, yada, yada. So, Rorschach walks in, and he's kind of talking to himself, and he's like, all right, I got your note. What do you got to say? You heard about Adrian today. Uh, somebody wants us dead, maybe some old enemies, who'd you meet in prison? Give me a name! He doesn't say it like that, and that's actually, I'm gonna point this out, not gonna talk about the movie, but in this scene, he's super calm and collected. He says, maybe you can enlighten me. Jacoby is sitting perfectly straight up, and he walks around, and you see he's sitting there with a bullet hole right through his forehead. Yep. Rorschach looks at it, looks at the ground, there's a gun on the ground, he goes to pick it up, and you hear, or you see, Rorschach! And then the cops, this is the police, Rorschach. We know you're in there. It's all over. He is, basically, he's like, now if there's anybody in there with you, I'm going to send him out for something. He's, no, 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 no. Okay. Framed, this, set up, walked right into it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. This is like his first time of actually showing emotion. So I moderately agree. I moderately agree. So yes, he is reacting without a doubt. He is definitely, but... Framed, set up, walked right into it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And then they're just like, uh, then you follow them with both hands clearly visible. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. After that, I can't make any promises for your safety. Come on, Rorschach. Let's make this a nice and clean surrender. <laughs> never, sur- never, never surrender. Yeah, I think you recovered pretty quickly. That's what I'm saying. It was just a moment of like, God fucking damn it, they caught me. But never surrender. So he's, time's ticking. We're all coming in. And he goes, weapons. Yes, he finds a can of something. 15 seconds. Five, four, yada, yada. He says, all right, time's up. We're coming in. I hope you're ready. And he just standing there so fucking cool as a cucumber. He goes, when you are, as he slips the bottle into his pocket. They bust in and they're looking for him. Gee, you know, you've seen that lock, man. He's been here all right. Because they're like, what if he's not here? Because I'm assuming they've gotten lots of fake tips. Rorschach's yep. gone about 20 years, completely uncaught by anyone. And he goes, remember here, Tigers, watch out. He doesn't. And then he, you know, he torches one dude with the flames from the can yeah he has a match in one hand and the aerosol in another so he sets one dude on fire then he goes up the stairs he sets the stairs on fire puts the stuff back in his pockets and just walks away like really cool he walks around the doorway uh and then he's you know they're like oh we gotta go after him turn the water on where's our goddamn backup are they following us or what you know everyone's freaking out it's high stakes except for rorschach he's raw shark sorry yeah raw shark they're right behind us, you know, man, I don't like this. This guy's an animal. But at least according to the fact sheet, he doesn't usually go armed. He, and as he says that, so Rorschach had his hand in his pocket. He throws something into the guy's face. I like to think that he just carries like pocket sand, pocket sand, or like uh, ground up glass shards or something. And he just, and then he has a harpoon gun. Well, so that's his gun he used from the very beginning. Oh yeah, you're right. That's the gun he used to climb up into the comedian's uh, penthouse. Yeah, it's, it's his, it's his bat gun. So he's like, help me, I can't see. Get out the room, we have to shoot. And when he says that, Rorschach has the, the what would you call that? I mean, it, it is, it's a, it's a, what do you call the thing? 
the hook that you throw. A, gra- oh, the grappling, a grappling gun. Yeah, grappling gun. It's his grappling gun. Yeah, grappling gun. I don't know. I couldn't think of that. So he shoots him in the chest, takes him down. So now you've got a dude on fire, dude with glass in his eyes. I'm choosing to think it's glass. It could be anything. And a dude with a freaking grappling hook embedded into his chest. And he's just making erg noises. Ooh. And they're like, don't worry. He's in the bedroom. We got him. And, and back on the street, Detective Fine and Fat Boy... What's going on up there, Steve? That was someone screaming. It's okay. We've got him trapped. We must. It's a dead end. He can't get out. And of course, what does he do? Jumps out the damn window. He lands. He's hurt because he just jumped freaking three stories down. And he's like, oh, no pain. Get up. Must have been framed. Who's done this thing to me? Get up, get up, get up. As he tries to do that, he gets kicked in the face, beat the shit out of. They pull his mask off his face, and they, they even call out, though, this is important, they call out, God, he stinks. Is that aftershave? <laughs> Rorschach don't bathe. He just He's just disgusting, and he's yelling, no, no, no. This is the first time you see emotion. Oh, yeah. His text goes from thin white text that it is in his words when he's talking. His, quote, his, the way he speaks goes from periods to exclamation points. Everything gets bold. He's actually yeah. freaking out, and he's, no, 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 no. And he's like, hey, his shoes, they got pads. This runt wears elevator shoes. <laughs> and then he says, they pull his mask off, and his face is freaking demented, and he's screaming. No, my, my face, give it back. <laughs> who the hell is he? And, um, you know, they say, who is he? This ugly little terror is the terror of the underworld, and we're going to lock him up with them? It's karma, man. Everything evens out eventually. Everything balances. Or fearful symmetry. So we get the ends on the panel that it opened on, the reflection uh, red and yellow, the sign, the RR for uh, Ream Rocket. And it says, the quote is, Tiger, tiger burning bright in the forests of the night. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? William Blake. I don't know who William Blake is, but. Yeah, I don't know either. It's a beautiful quote. That is, so that's why I disagreed earlier. And that's, even though I chose to not talk about the movie the whole time until right now, I'm going to break my rule just this one time. In the movie, Rorschach is freaking out upstairs throwing his hands through everything you don't see in these panels anything um when he when he found when he gets found out where is it go back right there you don't see shit getting thrown over in the movie he's throwing stuff off tables he's ripping stuff out of cabinets nope he's looking calm cool and collected he finds the exact candies after he puts it in his pocket he's gucci he jumps out he doesn't land on the street and get into an awesome martial arts fight with 12 cops like he does in the movie nope. do you remember that he lands and he starts getting oh it's a- been a while since i've seen that movie. oh no he lands and he's fucking broke his ankle and he can't get up and he gets the shit kicked out of him he doesn't do this cool fight scene on the stairs nope he just sets also in the movie he's standing at the doorway and does a really cool flamethrower effect no, he just sets one dude on fire and then walks away. Yeah, with like a arch. Everything about this scene is better here. Okay, I'm done. Not going to yeah. talk about the movie. Sorry, we're behind that. I love that moment for Rorschach. He's a bitch, but he's a calm, cool, and collected bitch. A little crazy. Love it until the end when he gets his face taken off and he loses his goddamn mind. Hmm. Dramatically more vibrant on mine. Oh, yeah. The yellow, specifically. And actually, the contrast makes him look even fucking crazier. Like, don't get me wrong. He yeah. looks crazy there. Look at around the face. Also, look, at, look at the eyes. Yeah, look at his pupils. They're actually a different color in they mine. Are, oh, yeah. Red in yours and then the hollow in mine. I yeah. mean, I'm going to... Next time you're at my house, if, if we can remember, I'm going to pull out my issues. They're all out already because I read the first issue, remember? I want to I wanna see... Because if they started changing shit, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Anyways...
it ends with him getting taken to jail and everyone realizing that he's nothing. The cops are all like, this, this guy? Yeah. Seriously. Rorschach, the 30 years vigilante who's fucking killed people and we can't find, this is him. Which, it's not. The mask is him. The yep. the the jacket and the hat is him. So I actually really like that sort oh, of. Oh, and this is the point. Oh, it's and it's not guy. Yes, it's. Oh, right. We already yeah. spoiled it earlier, but that's where yeah. you see. Boom! Yeah. Holy shit! It's the end. Is not guy. Yeah, the wor- the most feared man in the underground is a ginger. Yeah, how could Ugh. he with freckles? You believe this? I mean, guy? that explains why he's a sociopath. He doesn't have a soul. True. True. So the last piece in this is the. Uh, is a chapter reprinted from Chapter 5 of the Treasure Island Treasury of Comics Flint Edition with permissions of the author and publisher. Um, it's, uh, I wonder if that's really a guy named, if that's a, if Joe Orlando's a real guy, because they actually have a picture of a real person yeah. in this. I'm going to look this up real quick. All it is, I don't want to go too deep into it, because we could spoil the Black Freighter for people yeah. um, right now, because that's what it does. Um, it, it It's an excerpt from a guy who works... Uh, Joseph Joe Orlando, which there's his picture right and there, is actually him. Jesus. Was an Italian American illustrator, writer, editor, and cartoonist during a lengthy career spanning six decades. He was the associate publisher of Mad and the vice president of DC Comics, where he edited numerous titles and ran DC's special projects department. Shit. All right. So what this is saying, this whole little excerpt at the which, end of the book. Yeah. Uh, that's look, what it's about. It's uh, about DC going under because superhero comics are nothing. Yeah. And this new imprint, Treasury Island of Treasury Comics, is the big thing. Pirates have taken over. You know how in the early 2010s it was zombies? Yeah. Walking Dead and, and World War Z and all that shit? This is their literature is pirates. And according to this, the comic that we see uh, being read by uh, the Black Kid, uh, Black Freighter, right. Tales of the Black Freighter, uh, it is, in this universe, published by DC Comics. Right. And it is the most popular, or not the most popular. It was actually outsold by other books, but it's the most popular of this specific company's output. Yep. And the ones the kids are reading are reprints from an earlier story. He kind of, like, fucking told his own future about how DC wouldn't let Watchmen die in this first, like, this first page, where he's talking about how the company handled the book, how they reprinted it for sales, how the book went on to live past its life, you know, yada yada. He kind of told this tale of Watchmen in this moment, and I thought that was kind of cool. With DC Comics currently reprinting the first classic 30 issues of the title, and apparently meeting with considerable success. The kids reading the reprints. Uh, It would seem that its impact remains undiluted, despite the quarter century that has elapsed since the original publication. Bro told his own story. Yep. That's incredible. But anyways. Yeah. So pretty much the uh, it goes behind the history of the Black Freighter. Yep. How like there's like 30 something issues. The f- Two artists. Yeah. The first nine were illustrated by Joe Orlando. Yep. With uh, this man Sheen. Something Shay. She- Shay? Oh Shay. yeah. Shay. Something Shay. Uh, and then they had like some friction which caused Orlando to want to get moved off the new author uh so the friction was it was by max shea a new coming artist so orlando basically max shea the first nine issues or the first six issues when they were released he started getting fan mail and people telling him he was great and he let that get to his head and it actually says his ego reached a spot because he thought of himself as like some fancy pants something or other and then orlando left and another guy whose name is finnegan fin 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 some shit I can't remember the frig... Feinberg. There it is. 
Feinberg uh, takes over. I actually didn't know. Uh, what what what's his first name? Feinberg's first name. Let me find it. Uh, Alex. No, no, no. That's a different person. Orlando's departure. Walt Feinberg, supremely capable artist named Walt Feinberg. Wonder if that's a real dude. It's got to be right. Uh, probably. Let's see. I think um that might be made up. Yeah, I think that one's made up. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I didn't know that freaking Blackbeard's name was Edward Teach and all that, honestly, cuz in One Piece, Blackbeard, yep. who captains a ship called the Black something, his name's Marshall D Teach. So I'm like, "Oh, well, well, fucking see. would you look at that? Captain Blackbeard." Edward Teach, yep, Edward better Teach. known as Blackbeard. Yeah, like that's, I mean, I knew Blackbeard was a historical pirate, but I didn't realize they <laughs> borrowed the name in one piece. So seeing it in this, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, and then uh, the new artist takes it up. It goes for like 30-something issues. And then the one that we're reading is, I think, like issue 24 or something. 24, 25. It's a two-parter yeah. called Deserted? Marooned. Marooned, Marooned. yes. And um, that's what the kid's reading right now, which is in the middle of the run. It's like the best run from it. And it spoils it. Right here, I can't remember how much more of the Black Freighter we I don't, get in this. It, I don't. Th- it gives a few more things of what happens next, but I don't think it gives the ending of it. Right. Okay. Well, then we can. Yeah, I know it gives more little things, and we see more of the kid later on too. But we should. Uh, yeah. We'll just say what happens. That's fine with me, right? You cool I mean, with that? If you want to. So, yeah, because I'm. I just wanted to look on to see where I could see more Black Freighter stuff, and I didn't want to you know spoil it for myself that much so i'm just doing it fast and i'm not seeing it so yeah we'll just say right here what happens basically he makes it back to town to find out that he it hasn't been destroyed by the cap the blackbeard yet and really the whole marooned part of it is that he is now a shell of a man that he was and he's uh basically gone mad animalistic looks crazy and his mental faculties are gone and it even says that he goes on, he kills a man for a horse for himself. Uh, and then in the final scenes, thanks to the skillful interplay of text and pictures, we see that the Mariner, though he has escaped from his island, is in the end marooned from the rest of humanity in a much more terrible fashion. Problem set in the book around issue 25 when Shay began his controversial yada, yada, yada. Yep. And then it, that's like, so it also says that, not the not about the story, but of the comics themselves that eventually ended after a, a Shay who took some artistic decisions with his writing went in a direction that ended up getting like four of the five comics that he had planned rejected by DC Described Comics. Described as blatantly pornographic. Yep. Yeah, four of five stories. And then he leaves uh, DC Comics yep. uh, to write such classic novels as the twice-filmed Fog Dancing. Yep. And eventually... Uh, he just disappears. His whereabouts are unknown. Uh, in a wake... Oh, whoops. The writer apparently vanished from his home one morning and has not been seen since, although police are continuing their inquiries. In his wake, he leaves not only a string of excellent novels and screenplays, but also an exemplary run of pirate stories, which today fetch mint prices of almost $1,000. Stories uh, there to be rediscovered and reexamined, like so many of the fascinating sunken treasures lurking just beneath the surface of this fabulous and compelling genre. And... I don't think it's a coincidence that 
they brought up again in this chapter about how uh, Blake told Jacoby about some island with writers and artists, and this writer went missing. And this story, uh, actually, it says at the beginning of it, if I can find it fast enough, uh, when the, the publication was for for this thing, and it was... I actually flipped to that relatively quick. Oh, well, this, uh, 1984. Yeah, but does it say which? No, it does not say which. It just says 1984, and we know that the story takes place in 1985, so... Yep. You know, not unreasonable to believe. Not unreasonable at all. Good issue. Oh, that was a good issue. It's good. It's different from what we've read before. Um, there's more action than we've seen so far. Actually, I think the most action we've seen so far, besides maybe some cutbacks of... Uh, flashbacks, I mean, of some random stuff. Um, and it was less philosophical as it was in earlier issues. This one was pretty much... This issue was like, okay, we're past a court, we're a third of the book, we need to get the plot moving. Yep. So instead of the character study, like last issue was, and the third issue was where we go through how everyone knows Edward Blake. Edward Blake? Yeah. Yeah. The comedian. Where it's very deep character study showing you what all this is about, and then a little bit of Rorschach keeping the story going. This one was just like, story 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 we're gonna move everything along you're gonna learn where the world's at with people killing each other you're gonna learn where uh the investigation's at you're gonna learn where sally went to or Lori went to for the time being you're gonna learn how sad dan dryberg is he's real sad you get to see what adrian's up to and what maybe like this one was just pure traditional comic like let's get stuff going yeah in a good way but done perfectly and we touch pretty much every character except dr manhattan yeah He's in Mars, baby. To the moon. He's got stuff going on. Um, So, yeah. I I mean, it's not necessarily the deepest one to look into, but we get the reveal of the end is Nyguy in Rorschach. That's pretty tight. Um, I liked it. Uh, What am I saying? I loved it. It's my favorite book ever. 10 out of 10. Yep. What do you rate this issue? I'll give it a 10 out of 10 just because the attention to detail in this issue... Is never ending. ...was really spectacular. It's something else, dude. This book is... It's just Italian hand kiss, baby. I'm walking here. All right. That's good for me. This had... Oh, uh, in unison. Not in unison. Uh, t- two-headed uh, podcaster. Uh, this has been the episode of Men of the Machine. I'm... Uh, Craig. And... Kevin. No! <laughs> oh... Oh, it's hard to break it. I was not sure you were and because you would have said I'm, and then I would have gotten to say Kevin. Oh, and I would have been Kevin. Oh, well. All right, let's end it. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>